0: Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. And this is your host, Michael Shafrat. On today's episode, I speak to Tara Button, the founder and CEO of Buy Me Once, an online marketplace selling long lasting and sustainable products. Tara started a company to create an alternative to throwaway culture and now has 3 million visitors using the site. Tara previously published her book on the topic of sustainable consumption called A Life Less Throwaway, advocating for buying things for life and not for the bin. Buy me once is currently crowdfunding on CrowdCube, and it's great to have you on the show, Tara. Thanks very much for joining me.
1: It's very lovely to be here.
0: <laughs> when did you first discover the problem that you're trying to solve? How did you go about it?
1: Well, I think I was aware that there was a problem. I had a flat full of clutter, but I didn't really spend much time thinking about why that might be. And it was actually when I was given a Le Creuset pot, and if you don't know what that is, it's a kind of heirloom bit of kitchenware kind of made out of cast iron. It's the kind of thing your grandmother passes down to you. And when I was given this, and it was such a wonderful, high quality piece, it made me look at the other items that I had chosen to bring into my life in a different way and realise that I'd made really terrible choices in the past you know, very kind of throwaway things that were just for now. And it was the experience of using this pot that made me want to find a, well, I wanted to find a website for myself to shop on that sold the Lecruze of everything, something that was worth taking care of and something that would be in my life for a long time. And there just wasn't anything like that out there. And then when I started researching into long lasting products, I realized That it was a huge thing that had not been thought about. That the fact that a long lasting product is an amazing way to save climate emissions. For example, if you get a t shirt, an average t shirt to last just nine months longer, you save 20 to 30% on the carbon emissions, the water waste, the pollution. And that's just a t shirt lasting nine months longer. So you can imagine if you add that up across all of our stuff, and the average person owns about 300,000 items if you can just get things to last a little bit longer the carbon savings are absolutely immense and it was this realization that kind of really started a fire in me i went started to research into these long lasting products and bring them all together onto a website and then that went viral at the beginning of 2016 600,000 people came to the site in a couple of days and all the things that happen when you go viral happened to me including ashton kutcher claiming that he loved us and being offered a book deal and being asked to be on television. It was very exciting. And I quit my job literally the very next day. I had a very evil job working in advertising and (laughs) I was very pleased to leave and uh, I haven't looked back. It's been wonderful.
0: So from a job trying to make people consume as much as possible to where you try to shift to sustainable consumption, (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) I'm now doing my penance. I can... Uh, confirm that DFS always have a sale on. But the reason they always have a sale on is because they want to end the sale because people have a fear of missing out. So they get these big spikes of activity just before they say the sale is going to end. And so they actually don't have sales for the sale's sake. They have sales so that they can end the sale. Very odd. Um, So I'm very pleased not to be doing that anymore.
0: And not into sales on your website and uh, we don't do Black we, friday. Don't,
1: we don't do many sales no we have green friday where we nice. give all of our takings for the day to a good cause
0: great how does one go viral Did you plan for that like a project <laughs> Absolutely plan and then it just not.
1: i don't <laughs> think anyone does plan to go viral i think lots of people want to go viral but you never know when it's going to strike. And it was a journalist found us on Twitter and wrote about us in the Telegraph. And it was that article that went viral on Facebook and then across a huge amount of media. It was picked up and that was very exciting, but slightly scary cause, and very distracting because I was still trying to write TikTok ads. So um, suddenly I had you know, 300,000 emails in my inbox and I had to figure out a way of answering them. Wow. <laughs>
0: and then once the hype dies down a bit, what happens next? How, how was that for you?
1: Well, then you have to figure out how to make it into a business because it wasn't a business. It was a very much a passion project. It was a blog, essentially, where I had researched these products. I'd found what I believe to be the longest lasting option in each product category. And we have a very specific way of finding those products. It's not about finding perfection, it's about finding the best option available that exists. So you look, you identify a particular category, say nose hair pluckers, and you say, right, we're going to look at all the nose hair pluckers and we're going to figure out which ones are being made the most sustainably, which ones are being made in a way that will make them last the longest, which are using the best materials, which of them have the best reviews to back this up, and which of them are offering the best aftercare. So we really like companies to take responsibility for their products way into the future, You know, not just focusing on you know up to the sale. Uh, it's like, oh, well, we've sold it now. We don't need to worry about it anymore. We believe that if a company is going to bring a product into this world, they need to take responsibility for it throughout its whole life and ideally into its afterlife as well and make it last as long as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. So you said you actually wrote the book after you started a company, after this hype.
1: Yes. Came out. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was lucky enough by that point to have formed a wonderful, stable team around me. So that meant that I could spend my mornings in my writing shed, researching and writing this book about how to buy for life, how it helps us and you know the steps that you need to take to practice what I like to call mindful curation. So I managed to do this by getting up quite early in the morning. And the way I managed to do this was by having a pact with my best friend, who I would send a photo of myself in my writing shed every morning at 6am. And if I didn't send her a picture by 6am, I had to send 200 pounds to Trump's campaign. Wow. And this got me out of bed every morning because I wasn't going to send any money to Trump's campaign. You
0: didn't become one of the major donors for him,
1: no? <laughs> no, luckily <laughs> not. Good. And the book got written. <laughs> the so, book got written and it's published um, now. It's an excellent um, incentive to you know, get out of bed if you know that that's the alternative.
0: You also came up with a uh, birthday gift for Donald Trump, is that right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, so a little side campaign. I always you know you always need a side hustle to, you know, keep you sharp and and excited about life. And mine at the moment is to steal Donald Trump's birthday. And make it an Earth Day where everyone switches to green energy at the same time. So Donald Trump's birthday is the 14th of June, very close and coming up soon. But he does have this birthday every year, so I'm hoping that it'll grow over time. And over time, it'll become this massive protest switch where it'll raise awareness that it's a very simple thing you you can do is to switch your energy. And of course, a lot of his donors come from the dirty energy um, sector, so. By switching your energy away from dirty energy and towards clean energy, you're actually taking money out of his pocket too.
0: That sounds very good. Back to the business. (laughs) Let's talk a bit about the products that you're selling, right? So when I look at your website, it almost seems a bit like Amazon, right? You're selling a lot of different things. You don't only sell like one product, but a lot of different things. And it's a marketplace model where you get different brands to sell their products. How are the products that you sell different? And what are your criteria for brands to be on that platform?
1: Sure. So it is about comparing and contrasting brands against each other. So if we are looking at, for example, you know the best frying pan, we, we look for the weakest link. So what are the things that might make a frying pan fail? It might be that the handle gets wobbly. It might be that the non-stick comes off. And so then you're looking for brands that are solving these problems. And, you know, which are the ones that are making frying pans out of one whole piece of metal? So there is nothing, there's no join at the handle. Or, you know, which are the ones that have created surfaces that are forever non-stick, for example. And then once you've found these types of brands, very often you'll just find that a few brands start to bubble their way up to the top. It's a bit like panning for gold. Sometimes you find a nugget very quickly because there's only one or two players acting in a eco-friendly way within a space. And sometimes there's quite a lot of brands. And then, you know, it becomes more granular and you're you know, you get quite a few and you kind of test them against each other. But often it comes down to materials, you know, which are using the best materials, which are using construction methods, which means that the product not only lasts longer, but also can be fixed. And this really comes into play when it comes to appliances, because some of the ways that appliance manufacturers are are acting at the moment is absolutely disgraceful in that they don't want their appliances to be fixed. So they're creating them to be made, but not repaired. And so we would always promote appliance manufacturers where the repair is easy, that they keep their parts in stock and they keep manuals and you know the right to repair is strong with them so that's really important because it's not just about the construction it's also about the ethos of the company whether they allow that repair and then also obviously looking into other independent reviewers and then finally yes the aftercare is very important to us and we often get companies to offer buy me once customers an even better warranty than they already have so you might find something with a 5 year warranty on their website On the brand's website but on our site you might get a longer warranty so and that's just an extra reason to shop with us rather than shopping at amazon but the intention is to become an everything store for the longest lasting and most sustainable products on the planet
0: and what's your best-selling product or what are the type of products that people mostly come to you right now like what what did you start from
1: Yeah. So we, we, when we went viral, we already had eight product categories. There was very little in them. You know, there was like one teddy bear and one sock and, you know, a t shirt. It was very sparse, but we always had the intention to become an everything store. That was part of the idea right from the very start. It probably would have been a lot easier if we'd just stuck with one category to begin with. But I did want it to become a resource where it was very useful. And I believe that if you make it easy for people to do the right thing, then they will do it. So in terms of the most popular categories, they are our clothing and kitchenware categories. So, yeah.
0: Very interesting. And you talked before about appliances as well. Do you even find many manufacturers anymore that, you know, have this ethos that you just described? I think a few months ago our washing machine at home broke down and mm-hmm. basically the price tag of repairing it was much higher than buying a new one. So yes. that's the dilemma that everybody finds themselves in, yes. right? Do you find a lot of upcoming brands or like even startups that are like, okay, no, we're not going to do it that way. We actually provide you with all the tools to repair it? Or is that well, difficult? I
1: have a very exciting news on the washing machine front, because there is a brand who have created, and I haven't actually seen it in the flesh yet, and I'm very excited to see it in the flesh. But it's, um, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, so sorry to anyone French, but it's called Lencrevable And I think it means the incredible and it is a washing machine with at least a 20-year guarantee. I think it's made to last a lifetime and to be constantly repaired and upgradable. And it's one of these exciting circular economy companies that is beginning to kind of show its head. And so you've got companies like that. But then of course you've also got, you know, the classic kind of Melee companies out there who do have the longest warranties on the planet. And they do care a lot about the longevity of their products. And for example, with washing machines, you know, Melee aren't doing some of the most damaging practices that some other washing machine companies do, for example, What goes wrong a lot with washing machines is that the bearings go, it's one of the most common things that happen. But if that happened, you need to be able to get into the washing machine to fix it. And a lot of washing machine companies, the cheaper ones, they're sealing in the drums inside the washing machines, which essentially means that you'd have to break into the washing machine to fix what is essentially one of the most common problems. And I think that's disgraceful and actually should be banned because it's a sort of planned obsolescence. And it's what creates exactly the situation that you're talking about, which is when it's much easier and cheaper to just get a new one. And that's what they want from you. And we need to swing back to a repair economy rather than a replaced economy, if we have any chance of saving this delightful planet that Mm -hmm. we love.
0: So let's look at what kind of behavior change and maybe also finances are needed to actually make this happen, right? Mm -hmm. So my thesis or my assumption, as somebody that's not in the space, so you're much more an expert than me, but my assumption would be basically uh, probably since the 60s, the movement was towards more mass production, cheaper, you know a lot of things got much more affordable. So maybe things that were a luxury before almost anybody could afford. With that, you have the throwaway culture, you know, fast fashion, you now get pieces that look like designer fashion or supposed to look like designer fashion that cost like a few pounds, right? Yeah. So how do you move back when, you know, a lot of people might say, okay, but I can't afford to pay like 300 mm. pounds for a pair of jeans. Well, maybe that's a bit
1: Sure. No, it's completely... How do you um, get
0: people to say, you know, actually, I'll invest the money? Or is there something that's promising to say, okay, it doesn't have to be that much more expensive for them?
1: In an ideal world, we would start to move towards a world where these high quality pieces did begin to come down in price. So having more competition between the, you know, materially higher quality products I mean because often there's a kind of a disconnect between the quality and the price you, know, you can have designer products made in the same factories pretty much as fast fashion and pretty much made out of the same materials as well but because it's got some designer label on it you know they time you know, add five zeros onto it um, and that happens all the time so what we're looking at is you know we we are kind of label agnostic we don't look at what the designer is, we look at what the actual construction quality is. And I do think that people at the moment, they look at the price that's up front and they don't think about price over time. And that's very much one of the projects that we are striving for at Buy Me Once is to add price per use calculators onto all of our products so that people can really compare what it would mean to kind of buy an average product and have to buy that product again and again every few years. So for example, the average Brit buys one point one umbrellas a year. And what would it mean to buy an umbrella that was, you know, capable of lasting a lifetime or had a lifetime guarantee and, and how would that save you money over time? I think I've done the calculation with frying pans where A lifetime guaranteed frying pan might cost you you three pounds per year, whereas the average frying pan, which probably only lasts four to five years, you would have to spend seven pounds per year. And so as soon as you start getting those figures and seeing that in front of you, people will start to change their behavior but it's absolutely you know we can't expect people to change their behavior if they don't have the data to change their behavior on what was interesting is as soon as they implemented energy efficiency labeling you know, which was a few years ago now people started naturally moving towards the more efficient models because they could see that that was going to save them money on their electricity bills over time and so people naturally graduated into that space and now you just don't get an energy efficient appliances really being made anymore. They all went into that direction. And that was from consumer choice. And if we can get the data um, on these appliances, and so you go into a shop and you're like, well, this will last me five years. This is most more likely to last about 10 years. And they can see that price over time, then consumers will move in that direction and the whole industry will have to shift or want to shift. And what's wonderful is it means that then the brands can compete on quality rather than being forced into a race to the bottom. And that's what's happened is they've, you know, even the brands that really want to create quality, they're being so squeezed by their competitors who are producing something that looks just the same for half the price. They then have to strip out all the quality components that they were using just to compete. And so, you know, that's why we've had appliances double the amount of times that they break in the last ten years.
0: Hmm. Um, what do you think about like the sharing economy business models, mm. like in terms of I don't even buy anything anymore, I just rent it or use a platform to use it whenever I need. In a episode I recorded actually earlier, that's going to be published later on, we talked about IKEA and they're looking at business models, how they can rent furniture instead of selling it. Is that something that you're looking at or that you think is going to be promising, maybe also to drive the cost down? Because if it's only going to cost £3 per year to use this pan, you know, why can't I rent that pan for £5 a year or something like that, right?
1: We're massive fans of the sharing economy. I think it's absolutely the way that we need to go. And I think that if you think about who is incentivized, to make a product last a long time in a sharing economy. So for example, if IKEA are renting out their furniture, it is in their interest to make that furniture as sturdy as possible so that they're not having to remake it You know, every time it comes back to them. It makes absolutely no sense for them to make the kind of normal, wobbly, kind of slightly shoddy, you know, kind of sits up straight if you shove some beer mats underneath it, type furniture if they're going to be constantly renting it out and hoping to make a return time over time, it will be in their interest to make something that is long lasting. and therefore long lasting objects and the sharing economy go hand in hands. And I would suggest that especially for people who are on a budget, look for Buy me once products, use us as inspiration and then go buy those brands on eBay because they will still last a really long time. And we completely, you know, empathize that you know not everyone has the you know, the money to buy these things new. And actually, if they already exist in the world, that's the most eco friendly option because you know a new one didn't have to be made. Mm-hmm.
0: One question that's probably an obvious one that you get a lot, but what about Amazon, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of the elephant in the room. Uh, Amazon being kind of one of the major sources for people to buy anything, right? How big is the threat for them to crush you, or how do you think about this? Would they just copy paste <laughs> this? how do you think about it? Or do you just focus on actually delivering for the people that use you right now and not worry too much about it?
1: Amazon is an interesting one. If Amazon genuinely wanted to change their entire business model away from let's sell as much crap as possible and towards let's sell the most sustainable and long lasting things as possible. And they actually made a massive global success of that. To be honest, I would say job done. Excellent. But I kind of don't think that that's going to happen. and Part of it is because they would have to change their business model completely. Apart from anything else, they have their party sellers on their site and they have no real way of curating in that way. Also, what's quite interesting is that you know, over 50% of our brands, because they are sustainable ethical brands, they have chosen not to be on Amazon because they fundamentally disagree with the values that Amazon have. So until Amazon decides to completely change its ethos as a company, they're not going to be able to attract the eco-friendly brands onto their platforms. I would also say that you know, there's quite a few ways that we're also working on making sure that people don't leak off onto Amazon. I mean, part of it is that not all of the products that we have are available on Amazon over 50% aren't, but also by having warranties on our website that are longer than you'd be able to find anywhere else, and also the ability to pay over time, which we're hoping to have as well, so that people you know can invest over time. In a long-lasting product, and that's not something that Amazon are doing. I mean, Amazon are an interesting case because they have shown what happens when you put the consumer first. And when you put the consumer first, you know, they love it and they are the height of convenience. And there's a lot you can learn there by you know what it means to be, you know, an easy platform to use. However, what I would say is that Amazon puts consumer first they don't put humans first. And that's quite it might seem like a narrow distinction, but it's a real distinction. You know, it's similar to a parent thinking that they're a good parent when they give their kids exactly what they want all the time given that give them all the chocolate all the sweets <laughs> never make them brush their teeth <laughs> that's that's not good parenting and you know while we're not setting setting ourselves up to be the world's parents we know that overconsumption is bad for people that people get into debt if they're constantly pressurized to buy things and you know we want to be good for humanity, not just for consumers.
0: Amazing. If you think about the next 10 years of your business, what's the type of world you're trying to create, let's say? How do you want the world to look like in 10 years, assuming you succeed with what you're trying to do?
1: Okay. So in the next 10 years, I want everyone to start their shopping on Buy Me Once. By that stage, I fully expect to have most things that anyone would ever need. And I would like people to at least start their buying process on Buy Me Once. If they don't end it there, that's fine, but it would be nice for them to start it there. And I can see us being a global force by that stage. So we're already in America and the UK, but Also, I want to branch out across Europe and Asia and Africa. Um, and South America, of course. And what else is going to happen? We are going to have a world where people will have much more of a clue as to how long a product will last. They won't just have to guess based on the price. We will be collecting the data and, and anyone that's interested in helping us collect longevity data, this is a big call out because we need that data and we're going to be using it hard to bring it to the people who need it.
0: Amazing. It's great to hear about your journey. For anybody that is interested in this, buymeonce.com, I believe. And also you have a crowdfunding campaign still open. I think I need to say Capital at Risk but there is the possibility to become shareholder in your company. So uh, people can check that out as well on crowdcube.com. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yes, we're crowdfunding right now. We're hoping to raise between 500,000 pounds and a million. Once we kind of get into the overfunding area, we're kind of at 90% now. But once we get, get into overfunding, that's when we can do all the really exciting projects that we really want to do, especially when it comes to building longevity calculators and all of that. So if you are interested in green business, then please do invest in us. We would love to have you as shareholders in the business of the future.
0: Thanks very much for joining me and all the best for you.
1: Absolutely. Lovely to be here. Thanks. This
0: was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share the episode, leave us a review, and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com slash impacthustlers. This means a lot to me. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.